This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Downey. Our guest this week is Tina May, Senior Director of Sustainability at Land Lakes. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry provides individualized protection on more than 330 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Land Lakes Tina May next. Today's Open Mic segment is brought to you by America's crop insurance industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. America's crop insurance industry, providing individualized protection on more than 330 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. The way food is produced is a growing concern in today's consumer choice. Tina May brings a wealth of policy expertise to her position at Land Lakes in bridging the industry and consumer demand to practical and sustainable practices for today's farmers. May says open dialogue and transparency are keys to an amicable evolution of sustainable agriculture. On consumer preferences, we are listening to this, and that's a big reason why we created the True Terra Insights Engine here at Land Lake Sustain. And what the trends are pointing to is that consumers want to know. They want transparency in how their food is grown. And that's exactly what the TrueTerra Insights Engine does is we created this first-of-its-kind ag tech tool to help both farmers and consumers understand the environmental attributes of the ingredients and crops that are grown on that acre and then really provide an easy aggregated way that a farmer can share that information with the end user if that's a a food company or directly with a consumer. So how is sustainability from your perspective impacting consumer buying choices and then at the same time the food companies or the end users and the demands that they're calling for from producers? We have led a project with uh, the Campbell Soup Company and the Environmental Defense Fund uh, focused on sustainable wheat production in the Chesapeake Bay. And we have worked with our ag retailer out there that is really the nucleus and the core of this project. They're they're called the Mill. They're headquartered in Bel Air, Maryland. And this initial pilot project includes 10,000 acres and over 200 farms in both Maryland and Pennsylvania to help source sustainable wheat for Pepperidge Farm goldfish crackers. And we've learned a lot by using the Truterra Insights Engine to track what's going on on an acre from an environmental perspective. And we've learned that we're doing a really good job on cover crops. We're doing a really good job on uh, conservation tillage. But we've got some room for improvement on nutrient modeling and things like fertilizer application. So insights into what sustainability means on the acre provides opportunities for our farmers. Since sustainability is now a demand, how can it affect food prices? Is it something where the consumer would have to pay more or, or can they pay more for the demands that they're asking now 
of the food industry? This came up at the AgriPulse Summit in D.C. in March. And one of the things we talked about was consumers shopping with their values. And what we talked about with Sarah on the panel was, are we going to demand that our farmers do more, but that we're not going to value what they do and bring to the table? And that's something I know that a lot of people are really thinking through, and that's a, a reason why we exist at Land O'Lake Sustain, being a farmer-owned cooperative and making sure that that farmer and their contribution is valued. So give us a, just a brief description of Land O'Lake Sustain. When did, it, when did you come together with it, and, and what's the mission statement say? We're really excited. Land O'Lake Sustain was started about two and a half years ago, and the mandate of our group is to help farmers make money or save money through on-farm conservation and meet or avoid the need for regulation and to really keep our farmers and ag retailers that make up our cooperative ahead of the curve. So we are really focused on innovation, on-farm profitability, through this lens of sustainability. So I'm thinking this. I was born back in the early 60s when there was about 3 billion people on the planet. And and if I do well and take care of myself, there's a chance uh, that before I leave, between 9 and 10 billion people on this planet. Now, what that tells me is there's more people, there's more demand, and this planet really doesn't change. So however you buy into climate change, yes or no, clearly agriculture has... Uh, a, a paradigm shift ahead, and the question is, can it remain profitable producers, and can consumers accept the, the, the growing practices and the technologies that farmers may need to meet that goal? Look, I think agriculture has a great story to tell when it comes to climate change, and this is something we're excited about every day at Land O'Lake Sustain, is to help tell the story of what our farmers are both already doing when it comes to climate-smart agriculture and leaning in to help them innovate and focus on how they can be the best farmers they can be going forward. A big part of this, too, is about profitability. And no matter what, at the end of the day, we have to make sure that our farmers uh, remain on the farm. And that is a big focus of what we do here. There's a lot of different people and groups that have tried to define what they see as sustainability. But I wonder, will this new level and this new attitude of sustainability embrace the genetic technologies that producers may have to have to be successful? Look, I think as an industry, we need to leverage the best available science and innovation and technology. And we're excited about the potential. Uh, we need to leverage all the tools in our toolbox, and that's something we're focused on here at Land O'Lake Sustain and casting a wide net and inviting everyone to the table and seeing where it takes us. Give us an overview of Land O'Lakes and the agriculture that you're involved in through the cooperative. At Land O'Lakes, we're a farmer-owned cooperative, and we're really proud of that. Uh, through our co-op system, we touch 50% of the harvested acreage in the country. Uh, our dairy cooperative uh, is made up of about 2,000 dairy farmers across the country. The geography is about where you would expect, upper Midwest, uh, the Chesapeake Bay region, 
and then out in California. We also are a co-op of co-ops, if you will, through our ag retailer network, and that is through our Winfield United side of the business. And through that is really where we have a lot of our scale and our reach. And through the ag retailer network, this is really where we provide that trusted advisor network through that local agronomist working on the ground level with that grower and that farmer every day. So I think about the policy that we have in place, and I think about those that would like to perhaps put mandates on agriculture and how production uh, should be. I think of the dairy industry and Landed Lakes work in California. There's pushback on on CAFOs, on large animal uh, operations, and certainly larger dairies. You've been able to work with your growers, now making some incredible strides environmentally to capture and lessen the carbon footprint of those operations. Yes, and we have in a big way. This is something we're really excited about. Our producers in California, they manage risk better than almost anyone I've seen, and they are sophisticated farmers and also business people, and they're really fun to work with. One of the things we've done for them in California uh, is – Summer of 2017, the California Assembly was working on passing uh, their extenders package to their cap-and-trade system. And as part of that, uh, there was a mandate on manure-related methane emissions uh, to decrease that number by 40% by the year 2030. There were also some very serious incentives in the bill uh, to help farmers comply with that new regulation. At the same time, we had been doing an analysis through Land O'Lake Sustain of what could we do with manure in California, what were the trends showing there, and how could we turn this negative externality into a positive moneymaker for our farmers. And a couple things we learned at the time was that at the time this was happening, there weren't many manure digesters up and running on farm. And that was our first thing we wanted to help solve for, and the bill included incentives on digesters. Uh, The second was on access to capital for farmers to install these innovative technologies on their farm. one thing we learned was our, our one of our farmers told us, look, uh, we have this equity in the cooperative, but it doesn't really do anything for us until we either retire or die. Uh, help us unlock that equity and make that work for us. So one of the things we did was we created our own loan program for our farmers. It's called the Sustain Innovation Financing Program. And what this does is we took $20 million and we set it aside, and a farmer can borrow up to $3 million, uh, up to a certain percentage of their equity in the cooperative as collateral. They can only use the loan for an on-farm sustainability project, and for A big part of this for us is we really wanted to learn how these projects were working on farm. Uh, Were they helping meet these environmental goals? So we told our farmers, if you give us certain environmental data sets off the project over the life of the loan, we'll give you a 2% interest rate reduction. So we launched this about a year ago. 
we've seen this loan be used for things like manure digesters and solar. We're excited about the potential. One way this loan program is being leveraged is in California, and at the same time that this was happening in the California Assembly, we were undertaking that project to look at manure. And one of the things we accidentally stumbled upon was that we have a cluster of farms in the Central Valley that are sitting right on top of the natural gas pipeline that serves Southern California. So we started looking into what were existing models out there to make renewable compressed natural gas out of manure. And one thing that we have done, and we're scaling this in California today with our farmers, we are putting manure digesters on individual farms, and then we are building a pipeline that will go from farm to farm to pick up the gas and then bring it to a centralized injection point and inject it into that pipeline and send it down to Southern California. Not only is that a model of sustainability, you're giving an example of how agriculture is not only producing food, but also helping from energy and the environment. Totally. Our farmers have really embraced this. They're leaning in. We have a number of really good partners out in California. Uh, the California Department of Food and Ag, they are fierce advocates for dairy out in California. They know that dairy is their number one commodity. They are fantastic to work with. Um, the, the biggest partner we're working on with this is a California-based organization called CalBio, and they are the ones that are really making this easy for the farmers to say yes to this project. They are a design, build, engineer, um, and maintain organization that, that takes on all of the risk for the digester. And the solids that also come from the digester are as well useful in the environment. Yeah, so you go tour some of these farms, and one digester that we have up and running, uh, they take their water from the parlor, they flush through their manure lanes, they then use this gray water that's left over from the digester to irrigate their fields. Uh, and at the same time, they separate out the solids from the manure to dry and then recycle and use as bedding. So what you're seeing is a co- almost a complete circular economy approach uh, out there in California, and these farmers are leading not just in California but for the whole industry. Tina, do you see sustainable agriculture as exclusive to only small farms or exclusive only to large farms? No. Uh, I think everyone has both an opportunity and a responsibility to lean in and lead from where they're at, no matter their size, scale, or uh, their place in the system or their location in, in the United States. So then thinking about policy to come, does the current and should future farm policy embrace incentives that might help to lead farmers in this direction? I think policy already does, and I think that takes us back to the Farm Bill. Again, we're excited about what was passed in this Farm Bill. We're really focused on getting this stood up to help our farmers as best we can and work with what we've got. So, Tina, we talk about policy and maybe the direction uh, perhaps that we should go. What about partnerships inside industry and with growers? One thing we know about sustainability and that we know from our cooperative system and network is that 
we can't do this alone. We invite and we want new partners, those that are interested and excited about helping our farmers lead on conservation and sustainability on farm. Uh, A couple to highlight We're working with uh, Tate & Lyle, a global ingredient supplier, to advance conservation practices on Midwest farms, working through our ag retailer network. Our ag retailer and our farmers are benefiting from this partnership, and Tate & Lyle is benefiting from the increased transparency they get by using the TrueTerra Insights Engine to track uh, those environmental outcomes coming off those acres. Uh, one thing that's new for us that we launched in January is a collaboration on ag tech with Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. And this is really about leveraging precision ag uh, in support of wildlife habitat and stewardship practices on farm. This is one thing that's a little bit different, but culturally it's a good fit. Uh, Pheasants Forever is a membership-based organization, and like us, uh, their members are out in farm country, and uh, they're focused on having wildlife habitat on the farm, but they know that they need to work jointly with farmers to accomplish their goals. So it's a good fit for us. Uh, Part of that uh, partnership is on women and conservation and making sure that we bring women to the table and that they understand and have the opportunities in both conservation and ag. So stay tuned on that one. We're just getting it off the ground, but we're excited about leveraging that potential. So not only did you leverage your own funds in helping farmers with the digesters in California, but you also, knowing that farmers might want to embrace other conservation practices, also worked in a way to allow them to retool their operations to embrace more conservation tillage. Yes. One thing we've really focused on with Sustain is thinking about how we can piece together all of this, everything from business to outside-the-box partnerships with both environmental and conservation NGOs to ag tech entities and really thinking about how we can hang all that under one thread to create a package of incentives for our farmers. So we have really built uh, a frequent flyer program, almost, if you will, to focus on rewarding both the ag retailer and the farmer for things like you mentioned, like conservation tillage. And we want to not just rely on the government for those incentives, but do the best we can with the scale we have to piece this and package it together in new, exciting, innovative ways for our farmers. And one thing we've learned about that is if we give our ag retailers and our farmers a chance, and if we give them the tools, they will run with it. And that's why it's so fun to work at a a farmer-owned co-op. Looking at that agriculture census, Is farm attrition an issue you see as a movement toward sustainability? Looking at the numbers of the ag census, one thing we're really focused on is farmer profitability and leveraging what we have through uh, sustainability and the TrueTerra Insights Engine and focusing and really zeroing in on profitability on that acre and making sure that farmers have everything they need to be the best they can be every day, uh, that's what we're focused on. 
with your experience on Capitol Hill, with your experience uh, in the industry and, and your obvious love for the industry, what's your thought and guidance as we look at a productivity and a sustainability goal in agriculture, and at the same time those who might want to think about dictating policy with regard to climate change? How do we maintain the balance that we need to, 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 to achieve the goals that are in front of us? Yeah, good question, Jeff. Uh, look, I am from a dead-end gravel road outside of Stacyville, Iowa, and there's something about driving past a dead-end sign every day growing up uh, that you carry with you, and it makes you an underdog. And I think being an underdog, that's all of rural America, and that's all of us, and that's all of us in these small towns that we love so much. And I think when it comes to climate and sustainability, don't count us out. Don't count out the grit that rural America can bring to the table to get it done. Tina May, we want to thank you so much for being with us on this edition of Open Mic. It is Open Mic, and you have the last word today. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Uh, one thing I just wanted to close with is we're really focused on collaboration here at Land O'Lake Sustain. And if there are folks that were listening today or, or are interested in learning more and want to partner, uh, we invite that and we'd love to have a conversation. Our thanks to Tina May, Senior Director of Sustainability at Land O'Lakes, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.